with is spiritual health, the most important, right? Yeah. Okay, all right, so we were discussing this idea of how um, that it's the Gabia, right? Everything is like a fool, it's low. And then we said, So he says like this Everyone sees where I am. First word in the line is Tamid, Imach, Vagaymer, Kalaymer. We describe we discussed this yesterday, this idea that now he changes the language. Right? Now, how many topic how many topics did we just say? How many? How many things did we just say? Lots. No. Two. two. Right. What are the two? Um, that even people who aren't doing the right thing are like will sacrifice the kids who want from will sacrifice the life for sin. Second one is what? That's right. That was the first one. What's the second one, Isaac? Help him. No. What's the second one? We weren't paying attention. Oh, it's on tape. Sorry. Scratch that last point. Isaac was always paying attention. I'm going to go ahead. I know. I see a lot of things, too. Two, two points. Two main points. Number one, that they're willing to do mysterious nefesh. Point number two is what? No, no, that, that we're going to discuss also. But second point is that they're willing to put up with put up with saivlim inuim kashim. What does that mean? They will suffer hard circumstances. Yeah, basically be tortured, right? Those are the two points that he's saying here. Number one, they give up their lives. Number two, that they're willing to be tortured and deal with extended issues, right? Now. Having said that, right, having said that, in, in our discussions on Tanya so far, whenever we bring two points, which one is more extreme, the first one or the second one? The second one. Second one, right? Almost always the second one is more, uh, more of an extreme point. Does that make sense here? Yeah. Why? Excellent, excellent. That's right. That's that's exactly the right point. In other words, very often we'll bring right two points, like Reed said, Kal Shibakalim Vapoishi Yisrael. Right? Nashim Vameha Aretz. Right? Many times we're listing two two ideas. Right? The same thing in the Gemara. Right? Whenever you're going to list two ideas. If the first one you're not, okay, I can see the first one. But the second one, like that's more of a chidush. Right? So the same thing here. We're saying, number one, they're willing to sacrifice their lives. Number two, they're even willing to put up with torture. So at first glance, when, I, you know, when a person looks at that, they think, like, what? That doesn't make any sense. It should be the other way around. Right? They're willing to get tortured and even give up their lives. 
But the way I understand it is the same way that uh, what Teva was explaining, and this is what it seems like the Mashbim, this is the way the Mashbim understand it as well, is this idea that with regards to giving up one's life, right, that is a, a momentary experience. Obviously, it has long-ranging significance, <laughs> you know. But but it is, you know, it's it's a it's a ten-second decision or a one-second decision, and that's it. You know, it's like that's it. Masha Inkain, a person that's going through torture, could be for even years of torture, right? Like uh, the many stories that we have of uh, people that were sent to the Siberian camps, right? By the way, and you know, coming, it's a book that uh, is a must-read for everyone. Subota, you read Subota? Never read Subota. You read Subota. Never read Subota. Okay, uh, you can't. You can't. You just can't be without having read that book, right? You have to read that book. That's that's the assignment for from now until El Zvan. You have to read that book. It's it's a book that will change your lives without without a doubt. Now they just came out with it in English again. Thank God after twenty years. I remember I, I actually bought a whole bunch of copies of it twenty five years ago. Right, and then they just disappeared. And what happened was, I would give, I would share it with people that they should be able to read this book, and I would never get them back until I also didn't have. But now they recently came out with a new copy of it. They 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 made it again. It's Kedai that everyone has to read this book. It's a it's a book basically about Reb Lazer Nanis, right? Who was uh, who wound up living in Siberian, uh, you know, concentration camps for twenty years. And he never broke Shabbos once, never broke Yantiv, never ate non-kosher. And talking about his unbelievable stories of how he managed in that situation. Just, you know, mind-boggling, miracle after miracle of how he, how he lived through it. It's just, it's just absolutely the most incredible story you'll ever read in your life, for sure. And it's all true. And, you know, basically... Uh, when he first came out with the first English version, right, or whatever, before he, the Rebbe said, the Rebbe told him that he has to write the book, but he told him that he has to change the names, he has to take out all mention of Chabad Chassidis and Chassidis Bechlal and whatever, and he shouldn't have his real name. So he writes it under a pseudonym of Avram Netzach, and, and, um, and then he said that people will not believe after so you have to cut the book in half. So, yeah, because it's so far fetched basically I mean you couldn't make this stuff up I mean it was just unbelievable like about like you know how he was uh, exiled one time into an island full of Nazis and he had to like survive that I mean I just I mean it's just one crazy story after another crazy story it's just non-stop um, but anyway I'm not going to give it away anymore it's Kedai it, it's something the second one is you. what the, the second time you printed it he included those stories no 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 no. it's all this. It's, it's the English version is the same English version Hebrew version is a two-volume book in Hebrew that later came out that I think is more inclusive of more stories. But even with the stories that they are, it's still unbelievable. It's still like whatever, 350 pages or whatever it is. And it's just, you know, it's just absolutely mind-boggling, the stories over there. Uh, and you could read it on, for sure you could read it on, uh, you know, you could read Tishabov, so you get it before Tishabov and read through it the whole day and that's it. You know, it's just, it's just an unbelievable story. Anyway, so over there, he's talking about, right, that bottom line is for 20 years, he, he, he suffered. I mean, now he was not a, you know, he was a great, you know, great chassid. And, you know, he learned Tomchei Tamimim in Lubav, you know, I don't know, Lubavitch, but on the Rebbe right? I know, so it's like, you know, it's a little bit of a, not talking about what we're talking about here. But 
the point being that a person could wind up living through the torment for years, right? That is an incredible concept. You know, for uh, for what? Torment of what? Torment of his life, right? Torture and everything. So the idea is that that a person can person can um, give up his life, right? But that is a you know a two second, a three second, a five second decision, and then it's over. For someone to live with it day in day out, right, is is in a certain way a much greater chiddush. Now it says al haraiv here, uh, and 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 the, and the bottom line is that there is a concept al haraiv, because, you know, this is a question that usually comes up that you do see. I mean, so many of the um, the cults, you know, that grew in the '60s and the '70s, and and uh, so many of the people that you know were into like a lot of the Eastern things, right? I mean, right? Were were Jewish people? They were leaders. You know, so if you're going to say, wait, they're willing to, you know, die, you know, not to bow down to a statue, well, there they are, you know, like, what, what, how does that work? And so the way, the way it was taught to me was that this only, this, this whole situation, right, works when it's something that is, like, so to speak, cloppy you, you know, against you in a certain way. In other words, if you're going out to, like, find you know, this idol, you know, in India somewhere or whatever it is. So obviously this is not going to trigger necessarily this nuclear energy that you have inside of yourself because you are embracing it as opposed to it being thrust upon you, right? Or being in a situation where it is a situation where you are being challenged about your Yiddishkeit. But you see even like, uh, you know, like I remember... Well, it was probably about 20 years ago now. There was a there was a reporter for the New York Times named Daniel Pearl. Remember him, mm-hmm. right? So he, you know, obviously, I mean, you could say about him, like, I mean, he, I, at least outwardly, it didn't seem like he was leading such a Jewish life. I think he was married to someone that was mm-hmm. not Jewish, and I mean, I don't think he was keeping Shabbos. I don't think he was keeping kosher, and he was, you know, uh, abducted, you know, wherever it was in Pakistan or wherever. The, I don't remember the details of the story to, to you know, such a great extent. And what were his last words? You know, I was born a Jew and I'm going to die a Jew. So here's a person who clearly was not living a Hasidic lifestyle in B'nai Brak or something like that. You know, but this is in our age. This is something that happened recently. This is something that, you know, you read about the stories in the Middle Ages. You read about the stories in the Holocaust. You read about, you know, story after story after story. Here is a person that is someone from our 20th, 20th century, 21st century, whatever, that that you see clearly that here's a person that was not, it wasn't that he was against, I don't think he was like a, someone that, you know, is against Yiddish guy, but it certainly wasn't a monumental thing that was changing the way he lived his life, right? I think culturally probably he was, you know, he may have been very Jewish, you know, from what I understand. I don't know. But the point is, is that there is a case that clearly that something rubbed up against him, right? That is a perfect example of of exactly what we're talking about here. You know, I don't think you would call him a Poisha Yisrael, for sure not. You know, he wasn't against, you know what I mean? But he wasn't 100 but you know, it just wasn't actualizing. You know, it's probably, you know, you could probably, the Rebbe would probably say about someone like that, he was a Tinech Nishba, right, a baby that was taken away when in his youth, whatever. The point being, though, however, he made an unbelievable Kiddush Hashem with his life at the end of the day, right? This is this is what wound up happening, you know, Poyal Mamish. So, so that's the idea that we're saying here. <coughs> 
שלא לכבור בהשם האחד, ואף אם הם בוירים ועמי הארץ, ואין יודעים גדול עשה השם. So even if we're dealing with people that are really not uh, well-versed, בכלל not well-versed in what Yiddishkeit is, and, you know, and again, you read, you, I mean, I'm sure that uh, you, each one of you have read, you know, tens and tens of stories, if not hundreds of stories, that happened during the Holocaust with these types of situations where people that were mamish against Yiddishkeit and then they would turn around at the last minute and then like they would die for being, you know, being a Jew. You know, like not in a way that it has happened to be because they're a Jew, they're being shot. More like they, they went out of their way to like, you know, to save uh, some sort of vestibule of, of Yiddishkeit and whatever and they gave up their lives for it, you know, in a very clear way, you know, those types of things. Um, it just, it makes no sense. Right. To, to deny that Hashem is one, yeah. right? In other words, bow down to the statue or, or you, know, you know, become a non-Jew, you know, become, you know, some other religion that, you know, throughout our, you know, throughout our history, I mean, that was thrust upon us literally, you know, countless, countless times where people were forced to bow down to the, you know, to this statue or to this cross or to this whatever, and they were told that if you don't do it, we're going to kill you. And they said, okay. You know, famous story of, uh, you know, the most famous story, or one of the most famous stories of that being, you know, even to the extent of Hannah and her seven sons, right, during the times of the Hanukkah story, where, you know, where you have even a little child that the king himself is saying, you know, look, I'm, I know you're not going to bow down to the statue, but I'm just going to put my ring on the floor. Just pick up my ring so that way it appears to be that you are, you know, in some way acknowledging. You know what I mean? Uh, this, uh, this deity, this fake deity, I should say. And, and, and I won't kill you. Right? That's, the, that's, the, that's the, the version of the story that we have, you know, passed down for whatever it is, 2,000 years now. And, you know, and even this child was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And, he, and that was the last of the, you know, the seven sons that was killed, right? You're talking about a little child. It doesn't make any sense. Like, well, uh, you know, but nevertheless, this is that power that we have inside of us, that it has nothing to do with how much a person knows or doesn't know. I mean, it's just, that's just not a part of this whole, the whole story here. Vegam b'me'at yodim ein mizbainim klal. And this is this discussion that we had yesterday. That just like we swing one way, we swing back the other way. Which is whatever. What are we saying here? What are we saying here? No, Isaac, you don't like my uh, analogy? Okay, isn't that good? Okay, no? No, Josh? No, no, not that. Not, read, let's read the words again. That even those few that do know, right? Right, but the main point here, what he's saying is that even the people that do know, you'd think that they would, they would be focused on their knowledge, right? The reason why they would give up their lives for God would be based on the fact that what? Based on the fact that that they're that yeah that they're big Talmudei Chachamim. They spent their whole lives learning Gemara and learning Hasidus and learning whatever they're learning, and and therefore you know they're ready to be misbeinin, you know, and and because of this understanding of Hashem, then they're going to give up their lives. So what the Alter Rebbe is saying here is that it's not that, right? Now why is that so important to bring out? 
Yeah. Um, because up until now, we were, we we're talking about having like do chachma and intellectual relationship, but even then, also uh, simpletons, and then even then more so people who uh, go against Yiddishkeit. But now it's saying that this is actually a completely level playing field when it gets to the bottom line. That's right. Exactly. That's why it's so important. In other words, we're trying to say that this is uh, this applies to everyone, right? Even to Poshe Yisrael, even to people that are against, so to speak, Yiddishkeit, right? But you would think that, okay, look, you know, when it says it's like, it's like, you know, by everyone, it doesn't mean that everyone is using this. It means that, like, look, even by Poshe Yisrael, they use it, but, you know, like the Talmudei Chachamim, Right, we would assume that, like, okay, they also have it, but, but really, you know, what are they using? They're using their their seichel. They're using their, you know, they spent the last sixty years learning Torah. You know, that's what they're using. So the Alter Rebbe is coming here to 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 teach us that, in fact, that is exactly not true. That's not true. That even the Talmudei Chachamim who spent sixty years learning Torah, when it comes to this situation, it's not the Torah learning that's going to cause them to give up their lives. It's this aspect of the soul that really is triggered, right, which is going to cause them to act this way. So not only that you have it on one extreme, swing this way, right, i.e. The, the people that are Poshe Yisrael, but even this way, the people that are Big Talmud Chachamim, both of these people, like you said, are playing on an even playing field when it comes with regards to this aspect of the soul. Because it's a totally different aspect and a totally different part of their soul, right, than the, what, what they would use for their Yiddishkeit. In other words, this is not about Bina. This is about Chachma, right? That's the main point here. And therefore, it's really irrelevant whether they're a Poshe Yisrael, whether they're a Katan, whether they're a, a Big Talmud Chacham. It doesn't matter because that's not, the Bina is not what is going to make this whole event happen. It's just not there. That's the point that he's bringing here. Why, Ele- why, yeah. That's an excellent question. Why can't? They? In other words, your your question is let's let's throw it back the other way. Well, why can't they? Right? Why if if they have this whole understanding of Yiddishkeit and an understanding of God, right? So why shouldn't that cause them to be able to let's do Messias Nafish? And and the answer is that it could potentially. To a certain extent. But to this extent, right, of literally giving up their lives, uh, it's a question. It's a question exactly how, you know, how it plays out, right? And to specer- for sure, this idea of living with the torture for years, right? In other words, it could be in a certain way that the, the intellect of this Talmud Chacham could understand this concept and it could cause him to... What he's saying here, however, is that since he has this aspect of the soul, right, that is the aspect that he's going to ride with. Not necessarily because he chooses to, but it's just this is the way the system works. That's the idea. And we're going to see it later, more, much more in chapter 19, where he's going to explain why this happens this way. But really what's happening, as we're going to see, is that you're, you're like waking up the, you know, the giant that's inside of you. And because that giant is being woken up, it all of a sudden overwhelms all the rest of the aspects of the system that you have in place. 
So it's like, you know, it's like, I don't know, I always think about it like an image in my mind of like, you know, the jolly green giant, you know, that's sort of like, you know, sleeping or whatever. And, and, and you know, as long as you're not uh, whatever, you, you, don't, you could do whatever you want. But, but once you wake him up, so then uh, you're talking about it, it's a different game. So it's not that you can't use intellect. And, and the proof of this is, is that you do see by, for example, non-Jews that will sacrifice their lives for their religion or something that they believe in. And, but what you see is that they will do it in such a way that it is very much um, something that they believe in. Right? You're not going to see a non-Jew that's going to give up his life for X if he Dafka believes that X is not true, or he doesn't believe in X, or he believes in Y, right? Whatever, because it is an intellectually based. So you can have an intellectually based, so to speak, mysterious nefesh or whatever self-sacrifice. We'll call it. Not, we won't call it mysterious nefesh, right? But the point here is that what we're talking about here is that. If you do tap into this energy, then it just overrides the entire system. And therefore, even by the Talmud Chacham, who can seemingly use that energy, he's not going to use that energy because this, you know, you woke up the, you know, the jolly green giant and that's like, now it's, now it's a whole different story. Now we're playing a different game. Get it? So then he says, Elablishum das vihizbaininus. It's without any das, without any hisbain news. Rak ilu hu dover she'iyev shaklal lichpor b'Hashem echad. Right? It's impossible at all lichpor to deny Hashem echad blishum tam v'taina v'maina klal. Right? Without any uh, reason or taina, any claims or maina, right? Any you know. Discussion, so to speak, behind the Mishum Shahashem Echad Meir Machaye Kol Hanefesh, right? Ali de Hislab Shusa Bevichinus Chachma Shabashi, he la Milam and Adas, or Asechel Musagmuvan. I want to go back to the words EF Shar. It says like this Elablishum Das with his bonus, right? It comes without Das with his bonus. It's interesting that he chooses. Why does he choose it? Das for his bonus. I was thinking about this. Why das for his bonus? Right? I don't know. What do you think? I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't see it written anywhere. I'm just thinking. My, you know. Maybe he's referring to like the action of das. Maybe, maybe. <coughs> das remember is connection, right? So it's it's a focused connection to something. And his bonus is then using that connection to actually using is an, is a verb, right? It's a it's 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 using that focus to be misbinded on the details. I guess we were saying earlier that this whole thing it doesn't really change you. Right. Right. Excellent, excellent. There's no internalization here, right? And it's not coming from the details. His brainness is the details, right? You're thinking it through the details. So there's no connection, there's no internalization, there's no his brainness. That's what we're trying to say, right? And then he goes on, right? Lichpor Bashem Echad. What does that mean? What does that mean? 
Yeah. It's saying, I guess it's it's just it's furthering how um, that like what what becomes heightened in this time is the fact that like your attachment to Hashem becomes so like revealed to you mm-hmm. that that becomes your reality that I am attached to Hashem and I want to stay attached to Hashem and there's nothing that will stop me from that and maybe previously that idea was totally didn't exist but now that idea becomes like at the forefront of our minds that we have this attachment and I don't want to let go of that attachment that's true that's true I like that that sounds good talk to me about talk to me about uh, your Poshay Yisrael how this applies to him say that it connects to the dot because the dot you come with like you come with something beforehand which is the dot which you previously acquired uh, about the topic and the bonnet is and even maybe if you didn't have a preconceived idea it is maybe with your intellect you could still think about it in the moment um, but it's saying that I don't know that it's completely it's completely without that, so uh, I don't know. Maybe that's how. So maybe that's how like Poshe Israel connect is through in hit, through a hit No, no, no. They definitely don't. They're not not through hit But but like what what is he saying? EF Shaklal. Rationalize why it doesn't make sense. EF Shaklal. Before they were in this situation, they were like sort of anti-Yiddishkeit. They are anti. For sure, they're anti-Yiddishkeit. Right. So, so do they want to do this? No. That's the key point. In other words, your typical Poshe Yisrael, if you say, listen, um, I, I, I'm, I'm taking a survey, right? Uh, do you want to give up your life for Yiddishkeit? What would he say? No. Jump in the lake. What are you talking about? Like, uh, what, uh, I'm, I'm having, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy that's, right, he's saying about himself, he's making a barbecue on Yom Kippur, right? That's the guy, right? So the point being that it's not really almost, it's, it's become, it's not a choice, I think that's what he's trying to say here. It's E.F. Shar. It's like it's impossible for him to deny Hashem Echad. In other words, if, if you were to give him a choice, let's say 24 hours before this event or even 15 minutes before the event or even an hour, whatever it is before the event, yeah, he would say, you know, jump in the lake. What are you talking about? But now all of a sudden he's gotten to a point where it's not about him choosing. He's not choosing at all. It's impossible for him to be a different way. That's the point that he's bringing. You following what I'm saying here? Right? I think that that's, that's what, what the Alter Rebbe is trying to say here. It's impossible for him to, 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 to deny Hashem's oneness. Yeah? I think that that's the Nakuda. And so that's yet further bringing out this point that this is not a choice. This is an overriding of the system, right? There's an overriding of the system which makes it impossible for him to do anything else. You with me? Is that clear? Okay, let's stop for today. What we'll do is, uh, oh, a month, uh, Sunday we're not going to have class.